Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hello and welcome to this episode of Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. We are continuing the conversation around spiritual abuse. And today I want to talk about just some of the things that makes a, a, a relationship, uh, a space abusive. Um, so I'll talk about teachers, leaders that manage and control the space um, where they have to have ultimate control. So leaders that needs ultimate authority, right? Now there's a reason why people need ultimate authority. Some of their leaders who tell you when, what to do, when to do it, who to date, how to date, and all of these things. Now, nothing's wrong with getting advice from your leaders if you want it, if you've asked for it, if you invite it, if you're okay with it. If it's not done in a dictatorial way where you are not allowed to have an opinion or to uh, challenge or to have a different or to have your own ideas right? If you have to do this this way, right? That's when we run into trouble. That's when we run into problems. And one of the things that we have to, we have to be aware of is that we are humans and that we make mistakes and that it's okay. It should be okay for us to be told, for us to be able to be challenged. I think people, one of the, one of the beautiful signs of leadership is people who are able to allow themselves to be challenged without becoming uh, without any pushback, without becoming defensive, if you can sit and listen to the challenge. Sometimes they will pretend to listen to the challenge uh, and not become defensive, but behind the scenes, they start campaigning against you to rip your character to bits. They start to spread in gossip and lies and suggestions that they say to the right people, twisted things to get people, to get you isolated. Right. So while they might try to speak to you as if everything is fine when you are not, when you're gone, when you're not there, then the campaign of hate will start. And because it's, you know, a suggestion here, a suggestion there, a lie to this person and a lie to the next one and let the, the people who they know will do their work, do their work. Then before you know it, you know, nobody can really say they did it because they just made some suggestions to people. But the right words, the well-placed suggestions with the right people who they know will spread gossip about you, um, all because they're bitter, all because they're angry, and because they're not able, they're not mature enough, neither spiritually or mature or, or, or emotionally mature enough to say, I was offended, or to say, I felt hurt, or to be honest with what they feel. So they'll pretend like they're okay, and then they'll start the campaign of hate against you. So what's spiritual abuse? What does that look like? I've been talking about it all week. And so it's when an individual or a group uh, uh, engage in behavior that is manipulating and controlling of others. And, and this is in a, in a faith context, right? So when a, an individual or group engage in behavior that is manipulative and controlling in your church. So if anybody in your church engages in this behavior, that's what they're doing. They're harmful. If it's your leader, if it's your elder, 
if it's your pastor's wife, if it's your pastor, whoever is doing it, it's still the same thing. And it's particularly harmful when it's people with a spiritual authority. So you give them authority by voting for them, by um, maybe depending on how your church is structured, the conference may send a pastor and they're in charge, they're leading. And I know some might hear this in a way that is defensive. And I think if you know that you're not spiritually abusive and if you're not harming anyone, then you don't need to be defensive. But if you know that you are, you can see yourself in the behavior that has been outlined. And I think it's what is right and good is that you find a space for quiet reflection. It might mean that you need to go to therapy because there's a reason why you're doing it and that those underlying reasons need to heal. So what we don't want to do is to hide behind the Bible and um, say, I'm praying about it and I'll fast and say, you know, pastors being pastors under attack, please pray for me. No, take ownership of the behavior. Something is, there's a reason why you're doing the things that you're doing. There's a reason why you manipulate and control. There's a reason why you use coercive behavior. There's a reason why you guilt and shame people. And you need to be, be, be praying in a way that you can hear God so that he can tell you what to do. If you're a leader, a pastor, an elder, or anybody in authority who struggles to let anybody who you feel is beneath you, meaning the people who you're leading, if you struggle to hear from the people who, are, who you're leading, then there's an issue. Some, something is causing that. Something is causing you to not be able to listen. And so it's really your responsibility to go find out what that thing is so that you can make changes, so that you can be a safe person for the congregation that you're leading, so that you can be a safe person for the ministry that you're leading. It's really important that you take some time to reflect. And here's the thing that is vulnerable, but also very necessary, that every now and again, you ask your people that you're leading, how am I doing? Ask the, the children, ask the teens, ask the young adults, ask the older folks, ask people, how are you doing? Make it anonymous. You might have to sit with your therapist while you go through the questionnaire and the evaluation, but it's really important that people are able to give honest feedback. You know, <laughs> I've seen feedback asked for, and it's, you know, 12 people on a board and one feedback must go. Like, it won't be reflected of my thoughts about the situation. I want to give feedback that is constructive, that is encouraging, but that is also honest. And so make space for, to get honest feedback. We can't only have pastor's appreciation day, but we can't give honest evaluation for him to, or for them to look at themselves and to begin to look at the things that are necessary to change. It's absolutely impossible that we don't have growth areas. We all have growth areas. And if you struggle to hear your growth area, then something is wrong. Or and if you're in a church, or if you're a church that cannot give feedback that is going to be constructive and um, help growth, then something is wrong. Why is it that you can't give that kind of feedback? What will happen if you do give the feedback? Why is it that you think it's not necessary? It's necessary, we all are growing and it's all important for us to understand the areas that we could do with helping as, as leaders because I don't believe that and I said this on this podcast before that I don't, don't believe that not everybody because you have a title that means you're a leader sometimes leaders are leaders are not born we learn how to be good leaders and so it's important if you have a role that you take the time 
to do that. Now, if you're in a in a in a congregation where the Bible is used to tell you how to live your life and you're not free to hear God for yourself, then you might be under a leader who also don't understand themselves, who who are using manipulative tactics to control you. Um, if you're not able to give on um, feedback, as I was just saying, if you've never been asked, how am I doing? If only some people are asked, if you know somebody can come and serve at your church for five years, but you never really, you're never able to have a conversation with them, or you're never able to, um, to, to, to make suggestions or to be heard. And I always, I always wonder about leadership like that in a church setting because I'm thinking, a pastor means like you know you have care for the flock. If you're a leader. If you're anybody in authority, you are like the shepherd. And I'm thinking, will the shepherd have sheep that they never really see, that they never attend to, that they don't know what's going on with the sheep? No, right? So there's so many things that is involved in, in good and, and positive um, leadership. And while we're never a hundred, we're always growing and we're learning and there's always room for improvement and expansion. But, you know, give yourself permission to do that kind of work. And I would think about why is it that I struggle to hear it, right? So I intended for this one to be talking to people who have leaders with ultimate authority. And it kind of is going the direction of talking to you as a leader. If you struggle with sharing power, if you struggle with um, delegating, if you micromanage, if you struggle with hearing feedback and you you know those those kind of areas of struggle if you have those areas of struggle then there's clearly a problem and I believe that God's grace is sufficient for that as well and um, we have to take responsibility for the things that we've done if you're in a congregation with a leader like that then something is definitely wrong and then and you might need to access support from somewhere else so that you can start to heal you can start the work of healing but whatever you do keep yourself safe protect yourself don't Try not to offer, I was going to say, try not to offer suggestion because, uh, or, or book a one-to-one -one meeting. Just keeping yourself safe means knowing who your leader is, understanding their temperament and character, and protect yourself if you know that you might be vulnerable to, to harm by them. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story.